Whether you are a startup or an established entrepreneur, nothing communicates your company's message better than brilliant branding. With over 25 years in the business and over 250 companies named, expert Phil Davis and his team at Tungsten Branding will enlighten, brighten, and illuminate your mind so your brand will shine. Get ready to flip the switch and spark your imagination. Welcome to Brilliant Branding with hosts Phil Davis and Liz Heemstrom. Welcome, brand family worldwide, to another edition of Brilliant Branding. Um, we're so excited to be here today because we're talking about one of our favorite topics, which is your brand as a promise. Um, and this is something that I think is core and central to to Brilliant Branding. Our show is Brilliant Branding. I completely agree. Yeah. And and what is in the brilliance of branding? And we kind of break that out. We unpack it every week. And one of the most central themes to strong brands, and the reason we call our show Brilliant Branding is there's branding. <laughs> right. Run-of-the-mill branding. Mm-hmm. You know, garden variety, pedestrian branding. And then there's brilliant branding. And what is it that really separates out those strong, compelling, clear, concise, consistent brands? What separates them from these run-of-the-mill brands? And today, we're going to give you the answer to that. And the answer to that lies in your brand as a promise. So the premise today is your brand is your promise. So what are you promising? And whether wittingly or unwittingly, every time you have a customer interaction or you go through the day, you are uh, putting in motion a set of actions, a set of behaviors that formulates the experience, which is your promise to your customer. Mm-hmm. And you can do it intentionally, thought out, with an end in mind, or you can just kind of do it helter-skelter. <laughs> and your, your promise becomes really nothing at all. It just becomes a mishmash of actions. Yeah, not a promise. It's really, I guess it's not a promise. It's just kind of like, the, the and we're going to talk about this, it's like just being a wishy-washy friend. Yeah, flaky. Yeah, we all Nobody have likes a flake. Flaky friends. Yeah. And those are ones that... You know, you know them, you know their name, just like a company. Yeah. You know who they are. Yep. You've heard of them. And then when you call them, they're like, are they reliable? Well, sometimes, but they didn't show up to this party I invited them to. Yeah. Well, are they funny? Eh, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you just start not inviting them yeah, places because, because they don't show up. And they, they're they not really known for anything. Yeah. And so at the heart forgettable. of the- Forgettable. Yeah, forgettable or- Maybe worse, maybe unreliable. Yeah, right. And, you know, Mitt Romney took a lot of heat for saying companies are people too. But I I, think, <laughs> I, I actually kind of I agree. actually think that these... They all have their own personalities. On politics aside, I think companies are people because they're made of people. Mm-hmm. And the brain of, of a company is the leadership and it takes a company a direction and it acts and behaves a certain way. We all have companies that we've interacted with yeah. that we went, man, what a phenomenal company. It's just like, what a great guy or what a great gal. Yeah, it just makes you feel good. And then you meet somebody else or another company and you go, what was up with them? Yeah. You know, I was put on hold forever. I was, you know, transferred. I was, this was happened. They didn't respond to me. The customer service was terrible. That's like another personality. The product was crappy. Product was ugh, less than stellar. So your brand is your promise. What are you promising? So have you, dear listener of ours, and by the way, why aren't you writing us, listener? 
Yeah. We want you to write us at info at tongues and brandy with these questions because I know right now you're listening and you're thinking that is a great question. And I have something to ask. Feel free to write us. Email and, us. And email us and we will answer your question. So mm-hmm. have you ever made a promise, a personal promise? Maybe it's family, friends, coworkers, and it was heartfelt. How is it that you came to make that promise? What prompted you? Why did you feel compelled to make that promise? What drove you to make it? And more importantly, have you kept that promise? Yeah. That's really at the heart of this because it's the same kind of process that makes us create kind of individual commitment to an idea or a thought. Um, I will never go back on my word. I, you know, I will always do this. I will always do that. It's the same thing that drives companies to to get the ability and the desire and the drive to create that same internal culture to create a promise for the company. Mm-hmm. You know what? We're never going to do this again, or we're always going to do this, or we're never going to let this happen on our watch again. So branding at its essence is a form of promise making. It's standing for something, a certain way of doing business, a certain quality of product or performance, a standard, a consistent pattern of behavior. The promise aspect of branding, and this is really important, the promise aspect of branding is what separates it from fame. Fame is just being known or well-known. So fame is just being known, whereas branding is being known for something. And it's one of the um, hallmarks of branding is owning a position in somebody's mind. I think it's Rise and Trout that first really put that out there. It was genius work. And it's just owning a position, owning something in the mind of your consumer. So let's go back to the original days of branding, shall we, Liz? Yeah, I've been watching Westworld, so I've been living out west. Out west. Okay, and out west, they have cows. And cows were branded. Yes. And that's where branding came from. Branding is making your mark. Yes. They would put the little thing. Oh, sorry, PETA. I have been thought to have been a actual literal brander before when I've told somebody really what I do where oh I yes work. they thought we did actual yeah, branding and especially like, because it was tungsten branding so yes, they thought oh so you must be using metal tungsten and metal just, and you're branding brand the cows. cattle that's at night we don't do that <laughs> that's, yeah that's our so, moonlighting job yes, that's, that's our side hustle <laughs> so cows were branded back in the day and what did that mean it meant that that cow belonged it belonged to something it belonged to a specific farm It belonged to a ranch. It belonged with a set of other cows as a group. And that brand separated those cows from other cows. So they had a mark. They were associated with a place or an entity. So what is the one thing that you as an individual are committed to for the rest of your life? Is there something that you're passionate and committed to? Is there something that you would never violate or go back on? And then Is there something that you feel passionate about? These are the same drivers that should drive and do drive strong brands. Companies really at their essence are collections of people. So much like people, companies have traits, um, characteristics, personalities, and ways of behaving. And just like people, they form strong identities, or they can, and we're gonna talk about some don't. Yeah, yeah. And that's the strength or the weakness of your brand. They can form strong identities and have commitments that they articulate. It's important. They don't just have them. They state them and they keep them. They make them. 
they articulate them, and they keep them. So which brings us to the vital question, what is your company's brand promise? Have you identified it, and have you ever articulated it? Maybe you're doing it wittingly or unwittingly. You're just It's just the way you do business. But brilliant branding is bringing those subconscious things that you do or those automatic behaviors, especially the good ones, mm-hmm. bring them to the service, identify them, articulate them. So it's not just you as a company leader holding it in your head and having to remind people. We don't do it that way. That's not how we do it here. Right. It's articulating it so that it's 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 just driven into the fiber and the fabric of the organization. Yeah. And most importantly, are you keeping that promise? And we'll talk later in the show about why it's vital to keep those promises when you do them. They can really be a bugaboo when you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we don't want to. You don't want to make a promise you can't keep. Yeah. And it's just like friendships. Yeah. You know, once you do it, you always have that permanent doubt now of that mm-hmm. person. They said they're bringing the truck over to help me move. Yeah, and they didn't. And they didn't. We all have that friend with the truck that didn't show up. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That, that guy. <laughs> okay, so let's take a closer look at brand promises and how they play out in the real world, the world of today, the world we live in. The not, world of today. Not Epcot. I'm talking about today's world. Mm-hmm. When it comes to company branding and having a strong brand promise, there are five categories. Liz, did you know that there are five and only five categories? Is that true? Yeah, that's true. Why? Because we say so. Do you promise me? I promise there are five <laughs> categories. Number one, and so I want you to look at what category that you're currently in. Be honest. Let's do some soul searching here. Yeah, because, don't put yeah, a, don't, put down your defense mechanism yes, right now. Don't fudge this. Don't lie to yourself. So you're one of these five. And it's okay if you're one of the first four. I'm just a little pre pre uh, show here that uh, we're first not four, judging here. No judgment zone. Number one, companies that just underpromise. Um, and when we say underpromise, it means they make uh, either just kind of so-so, meaningless promises, kind of don't go anywhere. They're just kind of non-statement statements. You know, um, um, working on tomorrow's technology today you don't right even really get what what i don't even know what that means so um when it comes to and there's worse than that we're going to give them to you they make meaningless or kind of redundant or obtuse statements or or they state the stunningly obvious Mm -hmm. so phil give us an example uh, we looked up a whole bunch of slogans today and taglines that, that because those are kind of the indicators of how companies mm-hmm. operate. Mm-hmm. One of them was Air Products and Chemicals Incorporated. And their statement was, we are air products. They are. So What about the chemicals? Yeah, where are the chemicals? So Air Products and Chemicals. We So there's companies that just kind of restate their name or restate what they do. You're a mattress company. We sell mattresses or we're the mattress company. Well, yeah, yeah kind of was already in your name. Right. That's not a promise. Or fast signs. More than fast. You're more, more than, than fast. Signs. More than signs. Well, then what are you? Fast signs and ketchup? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I don't yeah. know. I just. Right. What so are you promising me? It sounds to me like you're promising fast signs. Right. So I would think it would be a promise would be signs delivered in, in next 24 hours. Yeah. That would be a promise. Or, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, where speed is our priority. Mm -hmm. That would be a promise. And then right. you'd have to live it. You know, it's funny. I think I mentioned this in one other show. I went to speedy printing one time and I just waited till the last minute, which happens. Um, and I brought in some cards and they said, so when do you need these cards? Oh, I'll need them tomorrow. I figured they'll get them the same day, but mm -hmm. I don't need them today. I'll just come by tomorrow. And the woman just looked shocked. She says, you need these business cards tomorrow? And I said, well, yeah, I'm going out of town. And I, that's why I brought them here to Speedy mm -hmm. Printing. And she said, well, it's, it's going to take us at least a week to print these. And I thought she was joking. <laughs> right. I went, but you're Speedy Printing. Right. And she, I think she said something to the effect of, well, that's just our name. Right. Now, that's, we're jumping ahead, but that's yeah. a, breaking your brand promise. Yeah. Don't tell me you're Speedy Printing and, and you can't do anything fast. You should have gone to Overnight Print. Yes. Where they print there overnight. You go. Right. If they do, right? Uh, they so, did at least for us. Yeah, and the they, one time that and we they, used and them, and they held up. Yeah. So number one, companies that just underpromise or or just have a very confusing promise, they don't have to live up to the promise because you don't even know quite of what the promise is. Mm -hmm. You know, right? They're so, just sort of yeah. Those are mishmashy, and uh, to use your word, Liz, those are meh. Companies. Yeah. <laughs> Liz uses the word meh, M-E-H. <laughs> And it just means nuts. No, just not going to work. Just meh. It's just there and it's not happening. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be a meh company. You don't no. want to underpromise. Sure, you'll never break your brand promise because I don't really even know what your brand promise is. Right. It's very convoluted. I would hope the Air Products and Chemicals Inc. would always yeah. be Air Products. We are Air Products. Well, that's, yeah, I thought that you said that, <laughs> you know? Um, and you'll see that you can give hundreds of examples. I think that one was just, it was rich with examples mm -hmm. of people, you know, you know, drugstore companies that sell drugs, mm -hmm. whatever. That's not a promise. That's just a, a statement of the obvious. So don't want to fall into category number one. If you do, you'll, you'll need to look at your brand promise and dig a little deeper. And we'll talk about how to do that later on and how to find our true, meaningful, compelling brand promise. Number two, companies that over promise. Um, here's one, and I pick on these guys, but they deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Kmart. Uh, they overpromised in that they're low prices. Uh, they have a blue light special. They have discounts on overstocks. Then they bring in Martha Stewart to do the premium. They brought in Jacqueline Smith for those old enough to remember. They tried to upgrade. They tried to, you know, they tried to discount it. They tried to do everything. And then lately, and I didn't even hear this tagline. I found this when I was searching. Thought, what is their tagline? Their most recent tagline I could find is, life is ridiculously awesome. <laughs> and so uh, the category number two is over-promising. I mean, it's just so incredulous. Yeah. You know, why are you here today at Kmart? I just... Life is so ridiculously awesome. And, you know, nothing, I think, personifies that as much as being here at Kmart today. <laughs> and I just wanted to come into Kmart and say that, and now I'm leaving and not yeah, buying anything. Yeah. I mean, that just <laughs> so breaks, you know, this is a brand break right there. That's a promise. Life is ridiculously awesome. And the inference is you're going to make it that awesome by being at Kmart that day. Um, another one is, you know, HP has really struggled for their identity. They've just been all over the place. At one point, the number one manufacturer of computers, believe it or not, in the world. I think of them, and so did you. Mm -hmm. uh, we were testing around the office this morning. It was more like printers. But yep. their big promise was invent. And then later, keep reinventing. It was just a huge statement. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, almost like the spirit of invention. Right. And I think that's a reach. Mm -hmm. you, know, uh, you know, for Hewlett Packard to say, 
invent and own the whole space of inventing and innovation. Right. Kind of feels a little bit like a stretch. Their mission statement, create technology that makes life better for everyone everywhere. Yeah. What a huge kind of Mm -hmm. glorious, you know, thing. And we've all seen those ads where you're so interested in the product and it's a disappointment when you find out what it is. Yeah. At the end, it's like Hewlett Packard. Right. Um, And then AT&T tried one recently, deliver the extraordinary experiences that our customers deserve. And they rolled that out at a time when they were having slow internet speeds. That's a little bit like overcompensating for, you know, I feel like Comcast, AT&T, those cable companies, everyone just sort of has like a little chip on their shoulder. Love-hate relationship with them because they give them cable, but they also hate them. So it's almost like these promises of like, no, we're we're great. Trust us. Yes. And so those are examples of companies that overpromise. We're going to take a quick break and give you a couple more. And then we're going to talk about how you can improve your, identify Mm -hmm. and improve your brand promise. We'll be right back on Brilliant Branding. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K. on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, we have a power-packed information uh, hour here on your brand promise as a company. So everybody's, it's kind of a buzzword. Your brand is your promise. We're talking about the five categories of brand promises in, in terms of how they're actually being implemented. There's companies that just under promise with meaningless throwaway lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are companies that 
um, overpromise, you know, and they shoot for the moon, and and they, those come across as is flat and there's a disconnect you know you're not going to achieve world peace so don't put that as your brand promise mm-hmm. um, there's companies that just um, don't promise at all one of them that always came to mind to me was u.s airways which went through a huge rebrand before they combined with a with uh, american airlines mm-hmm. and it was they spent all their time just trying to decide are we u.s air or u.s airways <laughs> which kind of shows you that kind of lost feeling like, yeah. isn't there something better to do? <laughs> U.S. Air, U.S. Airways, and eventually the whole thing merges anyway. And I looked up um, air, air, airway or airline taglines. I couldn't even find one on them because mm-hmm. I can't even think of one. Maybe, right. maybe a caller will come in and say, well, I worked for them. And actually, actually, their name was this. But they didn't have one. And it was so evident because without a tagline or without an emphasis or without direction, there is just this sense of, no one kind of knew what the emphasis was. What was, yeah. what was U.S. Airways? What would you say, Liz, was their brand promise? We have planes that will get you places. We've got planes. So I flew, <laughs> I flew with them, and I've shared this experience. It's just kind of an iconic demonstration when you don't have a brand promise. A, a plane came in a little bit late, and they it was dirty. They had to decide whether to clean the plane Mm-hmm. or get it out on time. Mm-hmm. This is the staff doesn't know. There's no overarching sense of what the company really stands for. Mm-hmm. So they half cleaned the plane. So it's a little bit dirty and they half got it out on time. So it left a little bit late. I ended up in Phoenix and I missed my connecting flight. Yeah. Then I had to go stay at a hotel somewhere in Phoenix because I was going to Sacramento, California. I got almost no sleep that night and I was a keynote speaker like or speaking the next day. Mm-hmm. So I was a hot mess when I showed up. Yeah. And it was because somebody there said, nope, we're, you know, if they would have said, I'm sorry, you are going to miss sleep, but you're going to fly in the cleanest plane that you've ever been on. I might have forgiven them and gone, well, you know, I respect that. Or if they would have said, you know what, you're going to fly in filth, but you're going to get there on time. <laughs> but instead, it was, I kind of had the worst of both worlds. Yeah. So there's a promise that didn't exist. These are companies that don't have a promise. Without promise, you know, there's a scripture that says, without a vision, the people perish. And every company needs the, the, your promises like your vision. If I don't know what it is, I don't know how to respond. Yeah. I'm your frontline worker. I'm your employee. And I'm looking and I'm going, I don't have a sense of what I'm supposed to do. Southwest Airlines, what do they say? Wheels up. Mm-hmm. You know, so all of a sudden they go, I get it. I understand. But wheels up. Let's just keep the ball rolling. Let's go. Wheels up. Mm-hmm. And so you have a sense, the employees have a sense that what they should do is make a, make a decision Get them on. Let's get you in there. Let's get your seat buckled. And if you get upset, then they'll probably say, well, I'm sorry, but, you know, our goal is to get you there on time. Yep. Okay. That's So there are companies that don't have a promise. There's Then there are companies that base their promises. They do have a promise. Right. Okay. So these first three are just kind of lost in the woods. So if you're one of those people that you don't really have a promise or it's just very scattered, it doesn't mean, you know, Air products, we are air products, states the obvious. If you're a company that overpromises, bring it back to reality. Mm-hmm. Find out what you really do that you can really deliver on. Um, there's companies that just don't have any promise at all. They just have a name and a moniker and they do their thing. Mm-hmm. Then there's companies that really do have a sense of what their promise is, but they base it. Here's the, here's the fork in the road. They do, these last two have a sense of promise. And the first group has a sense that they are their product. And yep. so Toys R Us is in the news today as they're 
They're shutting closing. down. Closing. So sad. Now think. Well, let's really deconstruct this. I would love to. Toys are us. We're toys. We equal toys. That's all we are. So our promise is if you walk in, there will be some toys here. You know, that's not a very strong promise. Yeah. It's really kind of an availability promise. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a certain business, I assume, you know, if, if I went to a shoe store, I would assume that they have shoes. Shoe carnival, which I think is also not doing so well. Yeah. So I... I would assume that if you go in there, they, you have the products that you claim to have. Yeah. So as far as a brand promise, the second danger in that is when you say we are the products that you are selling, if that's who you are and those products take any kind of a hit, toys are shifting like crazy now. Yeah. They're either going from physical, tactile things to video to informational to streaming to all kinds of ways that you interact and experience. If you are that and you stay stuck in that, and you're identified in that, your company, and this is crucial for you business owners out there, you startups and and the ones that are just eager to go to market and identify with something that's very current, let's say the cloud is really big right now on the internet. So, you know, you're cloud kings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden something transcends the clouds. There's a supercomputer, then it's not cloud-based or whatever, mm -hmm. or everybody gets a supercomputer back at home again. Yeah. So when you identify with a trend, or we had a client that was called PC something, mm -hmm. then those trends come and go. And so let's just read, shall we, Les, the obituary, the brand obituary <laughs> of people who had promised, but what they promised was really their, their products. And yeah. they read like this, the latest one, Sound the Gong, uh, the Death Toll, Toys R Us. Yeah. They're out of business as of today, I understand. Yeah. The Sports Authority. Yep. Which just recently died off. Lennons and Things. Mm -hmm. So they sold Lennons and everything else on the planet. Yep. Lennons and Things. Uh, Radio Shack, which has struggled mightily. Comp USA, Computers mm -hmm. in the United States, and Books a Million. Mm -hmm. Now, what you see in all of those is their promises we have a million books. Um, we have a shack full of radios. Yeah. Um, we're in the United States with computers. So are you basing your identity on your products and services? And I don't know if this is exactly accurate, but um, I remember hearing years ago that the average product life cycle, and this, this could be, you know, I'm taking a wild shot here, but it's just to make a point, mm -hmm. was something like seven years. Yeah. You know, that something comes and goes. Mm hmm um, and that's probably taking really short cycling things like Pokemon. Yeah, right. <laughs> and right. cars. Yeah. So on average, and when you say it doesn't necessarily mean it goes away. I know some people out there are thinking, well, my product will never go away. Well, maybe not in, in, the, in a certain Literally, way. but yeah. in its current form, it exactly. will Exactly, exactly. Right? Even oil is going through this. Right. I mean, oil is not going away, but now people are right. I mean, it's like, it's like what cars. you said with toys, like you have your physical toys and you have to go to the toy store to get the toys and then you go home and you have the toy and, and now it's and now it you know, streams and through streams your computer and iPads and, and you know everything is on the internet and it so bypasses you and toys are us did not morph with that and or evolve. morph 
to fit the market. Because they looked at themselves as their promises. We are a store that will always be stocked with lots of physical toys. Yep. You know, and so you don't do that. Now, last but not least is category five. And this is the category that you inspire. If there's Maslow's hierarchy of brand um, branding, this would be at the top. And this is, you've identified your promise and your promise is attribute based. And the reason that is so invaluable is attributes, unlike products, are always gonna be in vogue. I mean, everyone's always gonna want things that make them feel good, things that are convenient, things that are easy, things that are better, efficient. And if your brand is associated with an attribute, you can continue to move along that attribute. So if Toys R Us have been strongly affiliated with uh, childhood entertainment. Or, yeah, or excitement. I mean, like I was talking, you know, earlier when we were talking about this, I remember as a kid during Christmas time oh my goodness. getting the Toys R Us catalog. catalog. And it was huge. And I just remember, you know, eyes lighting up and being so excited, like what toys are going to be in here. And if they would have captured that, that sense. excitement. Of so, excitement within so, a yeah, child. Exactly. So, And where is that excitement moving? Well, it's moving out of physical bricks and mortar stores. Mm -hmm. What happens is these people want to protect their original business model. Right. They're not thinking like a brand. They're thinking like, oh, we've got to pay the rent on these buildings. What are we right. going to do? Well, if you're fearless and you said, we want to continue with this this childlike wonderment. I mean, Disney makes these crazy movies that make yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. Right. So uh, children wanting to do fun, imagined things isn't going away. Maybe mm -hmm. they would have been quicker to sell some of their real estate. Yeah. Maybe. Or they should have turned it into something that was enticing for kids to go to. Like right. it used to be Toys R going to Toys R Us was an exciting. event. It was exciting. You could go to Toys R Us and see all the toys. But now you can see all the toys on Amazon. Yep online so there's no thing enticing kids who wants to, go to, to see that us. though and this is the blind spots we develop as business owners is there's a change in it our identity is based in what's worked and because it's worked it's painful to think you know it's the whole bad adage if it if it uh if it's works don't don't change it don't yeah, fix it right you know that's so horrible because everything changes, yes. and if you don't, it's like you're saying, my car's been running for five years, so I'm never gonna do anything to it. Right. I won't change the oil. It's always worked. Right. You know? Yeah, toys will change, but child wonderment. Child wonderment, entertainment, curiosity, yeah. tap into that. And where is that going? Where You know, I went to the movie theaters recently, and I thought, man, I'm, they're gonna have a hard time making it, but I'm seeing some changes. We'll see if yeah, it works. Yeah, they're making, they're making it the more, cheers, more of an experience. Yeah, the cheers, they have half the cheers they used to. Yeah. But these things, at least we're over near Asheville, they yeah. recline. They're mm -hmm. better than the ones in my living room. Oh my gosh, it, yeah. They have little like tables where tables, you can put like the little, where you can put drinks, snacks or whatever. You're, you're you're further from the person next to you because you've got a your, your personal space isn't as violated. Yeah. Don't you know the sound is improving in the screens? Right. They're curving the screens. Mm -hmm. Um, it's RPX. It's uh, yeah. 3D. It's so harder. It's getting harder to say. Well, I can just copy that at home. Right, and it's just not. Yeah, you don't get that same. Well, maybe unless you you know have a really 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 comfortable couch and a huge screen. Like, yeah, like the wall size. So here so we're going to give you some companies then that have done exactly exactly what we're talking about. They have come up with a brand promise and they've been successful in staying true to that brand promise. I think first and foremost is one that we all know it's been through our whole lives is Walmart. Um, and for a long time they had this simple promise, always the low price. 
always. I love that second always. Mm -hmm. Always the low price. Always. And they have worked very, very consistently to do that. Now, lately, they've had some competition. Yeah. So it remains to be seen of whether they can keep delivering on that promise when you get these really low ball companies coming in. Most people don't want to go after that position, but Walmart did. Most people don't want to go after the lowest cost positioner. But they have said, we'll take it. Yep. And we'll do it by buying in volume. Um, and so Walmart has said that. Now, at one time, they used to um, brag about being American made. Now, thankfully, they let go of that because it wouldn't have been true. <laughs> yeah. you know, they'd just be called buyers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so they transitioned away from that because it, in order to keep the low price, they couldn't keep making it here in the U.S. So they had to make a choice. Do we remain things all made in the U.S. at a higher price? And these are the tough, tough choices. And yep. they said, you know what? We're a low price leader. That's where we, we've made it, and that's where we'll continue to do it. Hallmark, and for those of you who remember, the classic tagline, when you care enough to send the very best. I remember, and I still think to this day, and I don't know if currently in society people feel this way, but I know like the if you got a Hallmark card, you knew. It like, felt like you are getting something special. Yeah, versus like the Carnation one, I think, right. or something. Or There's some another one. kind of dime and store. And you were like, wow, you got me a you Hallmark got me a, yes. card. It's beautiful then. The texture was a little bit nicer. Yeah. And, you know, people who wrote for Hallmark wrote smarter things yes. that were a little more touching. <laughs> right. Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, some joke like uh, about age or something. Right, right. You know? Yes. Yeah. So Hallmark positioned as very premium care. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about a card. It's not about a piece of paper that's folded in half. No. It's about really caring and loving somebody. So you paid a premium for a Hallmark card. Yep. And all of these things, when you have a strong brand promise, you can command a premium because you're tying into people's emotions. Mm -hmm. FedEx came out and said, you know what? When it absolutely has to be there overnight, what a strong promise. When it absolutely has to be there overnight. Now, the one thing you'll start noticing is you better deliver on these promises. Mm -hmm. You can't deliver it three days late. You know, you can't um, send a cheap, flimsy Hallmark card that's, you know, and, and Walmart can't have higher prices. Yep. Um, another one that I think is a great one is Starbucks said to inspire. This is their mission statement. To inspire and nurture the human spirit, one person, one cup, and one neighborhood at a time. Yeah. And I think they've been successful in creating that sense of kind of micro community. Absolutely. Even like online, like they yeah. when they come out with these funny, like, you know, the unicorn frappuccino or just sort of fun drinks, it's, it's happy, but it's also not only... You know, you go to Starbucks and you have a community, but also they kind of morphed onto online community as well, like people posting pictures of these. And drinks. you feel like you, by doing that, yeah. you feel like you belong to something. Yeah. And that sense of belonging is invaluable. Yeah. I heard someone say that they um, had an office worker that would carry around a Starbucks cup <laughs> and then just refill it with the office cup. <laughs> So there's a little prestige in there. Yeah. There's a little sense of community. And they said that the real value of Starbucks, somebody identified early on, was it, it, it was that it was the third place. It wasn't mm -hmm. office and it wasn't home. It was that place where you could find repose, escape yeah. from the world. Nurture the human spirit. Yeah, I so actually it, really love that. I do too because it's like, you know, 
what the hell? Today's been horrible. You know, right. I've got to go home and face the, you know, this, you know, yeah. all the kids. Starbucks always has soft lighting. Yeah, you nice walk music, in. You know, it's just kind of a, your your mental rest area. And I mm-hmm. think probably the classic of all time, Apple. With their mandate, their promise is we are always going to think different. Yeah. And they have. Apple has thought different. When they thought of creating a phone, I remember thinking, that's ridiculous. You mean, you tell me Verizon and all these other ones at the time, BlackBerry, Mm -hmm. all the people that have full-time, really smart people working on stuff they've always worked on. How is Apple going to just jump in there and create a Well, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to think different. Yeah. So those are kind of like five ways that companies um, exhibit their brand promise. Yeah. They underpromise or don't have one. They overpromise and can't live up to it. They haven't really thought about it. They have no promise at all. Or they promise that they are the obvious, which is their business. None of those are very good and they're not brilliant branding. Uh, for brilliant branding, you want to be in category five. At the tip of Maslow's hierarchy of branding, mm-hmm. you want to be a company that has a strong promise and the promise as attribute based if you're subaru um your tagline is um love right what was subaru's love it's what makes a subaru yes so it's very heartfelt uh nike's is just do it so we're going to take a quick break we're going to come back and we're going to wrap up with the benefits of a strong brand promise and then what happens when you break your promise and then how to identify your promise we'll be right back you've been listening to Brilliant branding. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Brilliant Branding. 
To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. And you're back, and we're talking on Brilliant Branding today, powered by Tungsten, the wire and the light bulb branding. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com. We have lots of resources there and articles, uh, other podcasts that you can listen to that I'm sure you're going to want to share with all your friends and family. Yeah. To enlighten, brighten, and illuminate and your, your enemies. Thinking. And your enemies. No, don't share with your enemies. <laughs> let them just let them just struggle in the dark. <laughs> so we've true. been talking about companies that have they're dim witted. Yeah, ah, true, true. So companies that have a strong attribute based brand promise. Those are the uh, creme de la creme of branding. And um, Liz, you pointed out we talk about Nike. Just do it. That's kind of the consumer facing one. But their mm-hmm. promise, if you look it up, is to bring inspiration and innovation, which I think they do. They, they, they are very <clears throat> inspiring in their marketing to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. Yeah. Um, and we talked earlier about is, is it, is it a bridge too far? Is it too much? Is it grandiose? I don't think that's grandiose. They probably won't get to every athlete in the world, but they certainly are available to almost every athlete. Yeah. And well, they I mean, are inspiring yeah. them. Right. And their other, I mean, if you read over their website too, like they want to, when they say athlete, they don't mean Michael Jordan. Yeah. They mean you. The, the athlete they, in you. The, yeah, they're talking about the athlete in you. So when you wear Nike, I think when I wear Nike, I think I've seen other people wear Nike and I can see it in their stature that they feel empowered Yes. about their athleticism, whether or not they are an athlete or not. But you put on that Nike clothing and you sort of feel like I'm part of that athletic world. I can do it. Just do it. You can hear Nike telling you, just do it in your yes. little ear. So there's, there's a form of a promise. You yeah. Know, you're going to feel like an athlete. You're going to feel inspired. And do they live up to that? I think they do very yeah. successfully. And that's that's why they've done really well. So what are the benefits of a strong company brand promise? What are the benefits? Number one, it shifts the emphasis of the company, um, kind of the, the center of the company, away from products to attributes, and that will lengthen the life of your company. Now, think back, we've mentioned 3M. If they had really held on to this identity of being in the state of Minnesota and doing mining and manufacturing, they'd probably still be in some tar pit um, digging up dinosaur bones because they've gone through everything they can find there yes. in terms of mining, right. and they'd be out of energy. Um, but what they've done instead is they've transitioned to an attribute, which is which is innovation. Mm-hmm. And it was probably because they had some smart engineers there or uh, and said, you know, I know we're, we're Minnesota mining and manufacturing or manufacturing and mining, but, you know, why don't we try this and try that? And what did they do? They evolved around their attribute. Yeah. They evolved around their company promise, which was, I'm sure, a culture that they developed of innovation. And when they developed along that, instead of saying, we can't do that, that's not, you know, that's not carving rocks mm-hmm. out of the state of Minnesota. <laughs> that's making tape. What does that have to do with anything at all? Right. And so there's a classic example of over a very long span of time how a, a degree change of one or two degrees mapped out over the distance of hundreds, 100 years or 100 right. miles 
right. you end up in a completely different competitive space. Yeah. Some people call that blue ocean. You end up fishing in an ocean instead of ending up at some small pond. Yeah. And I love their tagline, science applied to life, because it's not just science, but it's it's tape, it's post-it notes. So they take their innovation and they put it into smaller... Their geeky science yeah. stuff and they make it work in yeah, your life. Yeah, they make it work in your life so I can tape yeah. things to the wall. Right. You're a scientist, but you made a sticky note for me. Thank yeah. you very much. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So it shifts the brand emphasis. And I've seen people, we, we just did the obituary. When you do walk in lockstep to be in your product, you last as long as your product does. These guys were in lockstep to innovation. And there is no end to creating innovation. I remember that one of the greatest uh, innovative breakthroughs of all time was NASA doing work. And because they're committed to innovation, they made Tang, which is basically what I grew up Wait, on. Wait, the drink? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Tang. I love Tang. Oh, my God. It, it was a life changer. Oh, yeah. Yes. No, you don't drink orange juice. You drink Tang. tang. Come on, had people. The, it had the orangutan on it. Yeah, uh, it was Tang was it, man. Yeah, so, it was the little orangutan monkey Those thing. are the good things when you innovate. I know. You know I mean, who wants to drink fresh Florida-squeezed orange juice when no. you can have Powdery, powdery tang, <laughs> powdery tang in the morning. So um, it shifts the brand to in innovation or whatever you do, efficiency or you know um, all the positives that you want in life. You know we have a client right now, several of them in the cosmetic and beauty space. Mm -hmm. So it's not about the process to get there; it's the end result of looking better, feeling better, yeah. feeling rejuvenated, mm -hmm. um, feeling more self-esteem. Uh, number two, it gives employees a mandate. And remember we said without a vision, the people perish. Quote the Bible here. That's I didn't just throw that down. I mean, that was, that was out <laughs> was there. That, were those Jesus' That was words? out there. I think that was Old Testament. Oh. Yeah, it sounds Old Testament. Yahweh. Yeah, I think so. It's older. So it gives the employees a mandate or a mantra or a focal point when they're working on the front lines. You know, we go back to Southwest. Hey, come on, everybody. Wheels up. You know, mm -hmm. when a company doesn't know, like my, my air airway Air, air flight, US air. air US air example. Flight. I saw all the people at the podium just, what do we do? Does, do we send the plane out? It's kind of dirty. Should we send it on time? I don't know. Well, let's clean a little of it. You know, it's employees, which is the, they're their interaction point mm -hmm. of your brand. Yeah. And when they don't kind of know, they don't know what the promise is. Is the promise to be timely? Is it promise to be clean? Mm -hmm. And when you haven't done your work and you've told them, well, it's everything. They can't operate like that. And a lot of these people are not being paid a premium amount of money. So they're interpreting what you give them and running with it. And that's becoming the de facto reputation of your brand. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you saw what happened. They ended up getting absorbed. Um, number three, if the benefits of a strong brand promises, it's instructive. And this is a little bit off the last one. It takes less management time less memos, less training when employees understand the direction and emphasis of the company. I had an interaction with Network Solutions this week, a little bit frustrating, prides themselves on customer service and they answer it with a real human and everything. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it became obvious that they were just trying to retain the business by holding on to domain names that I had there. I was trying to move them to another place. It took in total about an hour and a half to get my names transferred. I was asked security questions by two different employees four different times. Um, after I was transferred, I went through a litany of being put on hold, 
And then I was given, ironically, surveys on how well the customer service is doing. So you can't just say one thing, but then your organization behaves differently. You've got to really look at it and say, if we say this is what we want to do, we want to serve customers in a way that really has them, and you're performing opposite to that, then you're going to have a problem. If the, if it was ingrained in the employees, keep these people happy, then they'd probably report back up, these people are not happy. Mm-hmm. We took an hour and a half to do something, which normally takes this gentleman five to ten minutes. Yeah. So there, that creates that congruency in your brand. Right. What you're saying, what your lips are saying, yeah. matches what your actions are. Right. It's so important in branding. So you can't just come up with a promise but not live it. You've got to go to all the touch points and say, we've identified our, our promise. It's based on an attribute. Let's say customer service. and But then let's go ping it. Are customers happy? Is that the experience they're really getting mm-hmm. for this to be successful? And number four, the, the benefits of a strong brand promise is it helps you survive those hard times. I remember when Toyota took the, the, the heat for their cars supposedly accelerating, and ironically their tagline was move forward. Um, but they had done such good work at establishing sense and value in their brand, quality, integrity, that people didn't go, oh my God, is that Toyota again? Yeah, right. Is that, this is the 15th time that they've had these issues. Yeah. They made it right, they jumped on it, they got involved with it. Whereas other companies with emission issues mm-hmm. who manipulated data really took a black eye. Yeah. Okay. So it helps you survive. It protects you. If Volvo, somebody got in an accident, they're probably, and this is just an assumption, somebody would be less likely to sue a Volvo. Mm-hmm. They'd probably think, well, it was must have been a bad accident. Right. Right? So strong brands and strong brand promises do a lot of positive things. They also contribute to your gross margin. You charge more. A Hallmark card is worth more. You pay mm-hmm. more. What happens when you break your promise? You lose your customer trust. And that's a horrible thing. It's, you know, it costs something like four times as much to win back a customer. Yeah. Um, you don't want to lose customers. You want to build on those customers. Um, L.L. Bean, which was, we were just bragging on them for a great tagline a couple of weeks ago, but then they came out and a- announced an end to their lifetime return policy. Did you hear that? mm Yes. But is that their brand promise? It really was a lot of it was built on that. And, and, and the sense, Liz, that, this stuff is so good. It's so high quality. It's so durable. You can bring it back any anytime you want. And if it ever something goes wrong, a rivet mm. or a grommet breaks or anything, no matter what. Well, a few people took very much advantage of that. Yeah. It's kind of the smorgasbord. And there's that one person who really, well, as a cost of doing business, you just have to suck that up. Yeah. What I think they did is somebody in accounting said, this is costing us too much. Yeah. But what they didn't take into effect, how is that going to feel to the customer who have been promised? Right. But do that, you think they'll be like Toyota who can overcome? I mean, like Toyota, I mean, that's a huge, people were dying. But I think that's a little, well, supposedly, you know, people yeah. died, but they found out that it was looked like user error. So yeah. they, they kind of survived. This is them taking an action and saying, we promised this is, you know, another one was a Craftsman Tools or one of them. I think it was Craftsman. Mm-hmm. Well, if you buy these tools, they're good for a lifetime. If they break and the ratchet doesn't work, we'll replace it. Mm-hmm. Well, they suddenly say, no, no, we won't. You know, I think they'll take a hit for this. I do. Because 
if you really believe in it and you've been saying this for yeah. ad nauseum for years and then yeah. suddenly you go, nope, we don't believe in our product yeah. that much. Mm -hmm. And you go, that's why I buy LLB and I'll never have to worry about it. And I think 90% of people, I would take a wild stab to say they buy it because you say that, never really intending to return it six and a half years later. Right. And packing your shirt up. That's, yeah. You know, got little fuzzies on it. Yeah. Okay, Mercedes-Benz years ago came out with a C-Class, which was a cheaper version. Mm -hmm. I think that kind of had people scratching their head. Equifax, which was just the beholder of all things, we're judging you. Yeah. We are judging you <laughs> on just how trustworthy you are with your money and how well you handle your finances. So true. We're so the judges of you. Whether, <laughs> whether you are worthy to get a home or whether you're worthy to do anything. Oh, by the way, a whole bunch of people stole your data. <laughs> you know, so you can't, and some of this is, you know, it's just uh, bad luck and, mm -hmm. you know, who knows why. But to publicly facing, to say that you're all about, you know, Guarding, safeguarding uh, your credibility. This is the measure of you, your your score. And by the way, we lost all that data. I think what the 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 breakdown here, and, and this one is, what happens when you break a brand promise? Is when they came out and they started offering, hey, we can always monitor for what we did. Do you want our monitoring service? Yeah. That adds insult to injury. Yeah. So how to find your brand promises? We're going to move quickly. Um, what one thing, here's the identifier of your brand promise. What one thing would you never compromise on? Is it quality service, innovation, meeting deadlines, customer satisfaction? Ask what we call a Sophie's Choice question. If you had a choice between delivering a product right with the right quality or delivering it on time, which would you do? And you can only pick one. That's a use that same, you know, either or thing to winnow it down and say, no, our quality, we'd disappoint them on service. We'd leave them disappointed, but when they got it, it would be right. And that will help you kind of prioritize it. If there's one thing that you will um, always do on every project with every client, what would it be? What one thing will you always do? We call it your pivot point. Finding that one thing around which all your goods and services will always revolve. And if you think of your brand promise as a recipe, what are the ingredients and in what order? Make that recipe up and determine the primary ingredient. So what are you doing, saying, and acting like? when you are doing your best work with your best client. Strong promises separate out nominal brands from phenomenal brands. So that's been the message on this week's Brilliant Branding. And your assignment is to identify your brand promise because you'll find it won't be just beneficial. It will be brilliant. So you've been listening to Brilliant Branding and we look forward to speaking with you again, same time, same place next week. Thank you for listening to Brilliant Branding. Please join host Phil Davis and co-host Liz Heemstra for another edition of the program next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, stay brilliant.